Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Four minutes past six o'clock. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on the second of March already. Gee, February tricks you like that. And Izzy's ready, readying himself for a huge day at Millbrook. So it's me, Louis, here with Kempi, and Kempi's readying himself for a huge day because it's the NRL kickoff day. Kempi, you must be absolutely fizzing this morning as everybody is on SCNZ. Morena, mate. Morena, mate. Yep. No, it's a. Oh, mate. It just keeps getting. Better and better the week, done it. When you think about it, the the, uh, the the sport that keeps on giving with the announcement last night that they're, they're coming up with a new coach in four to six weeks was the big news that came out yesterday. And you're dead right. NRL kicks off tonight. Parramatta, Melbourne. Um, Warriors, Knights tomorrow night. Uh, you've got some big games over the weekend with new players playing in the competition. I just think... Uh, after last week with the rugby, the way that that kicked off, and of course the Black Caps, the way they finished off the their one run win uh, two days ago, the NRL better better sharp this weekend. <laughs> Needs to. <laughs> oh, there's there's no way it won't. It's one of the the highlights of the uh, this time of year. Although you just, I completely forgot about the cricket all morning. I hadn't even thought about it. Man, my head's been spinning with so much sport this week, and somehow, and we're going to talk about it. I know you'll have thoughts about it. Somehow it's me and you again, Kimpy, when we have more All Blacks news to dissect, but we're going to track Daggy down because last week we kind of got hit by the C and Foster bombshell. And again, now the second week of Super Rugby, we're going to be talking about it again, man. This is just, this just, it's the onion. You just take one layer off, another layer appears, isn't it? I've got I to gotta say it's amateur hour. Seriously. I, like, I don't know how many times you look at it and try to make it... Uh, sound professional but it just doesn't look professional you know what I mean and the more you look at Ian Foster's interview last week the worse it looks for the New Zealand rugby and and the mention of review of 2019 I, I'm, I guess they're talking about the loss to England in the World Cup in the in the semi um, says a lot in just that comment from Dame Patsy Reddy you know what I mean to go all the way back to 2019. Actually, just so that you know, it's 2023. And to to advertise for an All Blacks coach, come on. That that job should be cemented and everyone should actually know who that is. This is my, my opinion in 2023. The All Blacks who are the benchmark should know who the next All Black coach is. Seriously. They go to market four to six weeks talking about an independent appointment panel. 
with independents and some people and not name the appointments panel like, and say we don't want to be under scrutiny, it just keeps getting better. Honestly, it's like for me, it's like amateur hour. You've got a professional sport being run by amateurs. It's incredible, Kempi, and I know you've got plenty of thoughts on it. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, you're making very good points at seven minutes past six this morning. We'll talk about it. My can't wait question of the day. I've got a question for you and everybody. On double eight double three, the Simba Bed Post text machine and the Ken Tire phone line, 0800 150 as well. But we're without our running mate this morning. Daggy's down there at Millbrook. He would have had an awesome day yesterday with Flemo. Baz would have arrived. Um, I just know he is in his absolute happy place and that makes me happy thinking how stoked he is. There'll be a bit of nervous energy before he tees off this morning, Kempion. Just before I, um, I know you caught up with him yesterday, so I'll, I'll, I'll get you, your read on how his nerves are. Um, we have another pair of these all new ZG23 range of golf shoes from Adidas, which are available tomorrow, and they are mint by all accounts. So, to give them away today, double eight, double three. We want to be selfless again. New Zealand Open's teeing off. We want you to nominate a mate who you think would just love to be playing golf down there at the New Zealand Open. Who's your mate that has either been doing it a bit tough recently or is a massive golf nuffy, a huge golfing fan, and would rather be doing well, there's nothing you'd rather be doing than playing golf today at Millbrook in the New Zealand Open. Who's your mate? Double eight, double three. Text your name and then text your mate's name. Who wants these pair of this pair of Adidas golf shoes? They are mint. We'll let you know the winner before the end of the day with Smithy. And I think Izzy was going to get his hands on a pair yesterday. Kempi, how was the big guy? Yeah, look, he's oh mate, he's had a big week. <laughs> you know, it's not uh, it's not the golf, it's the socialising afterwards and whether or not he's going to show up today. And I guess. How would you say? Um, has he been freshened to, to, to run well today? Uh, I don't know. He might have been in the paddock for a little bit too long. You know <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, he'd get a little bit of a sleep. And we're going to chat to him later later this morning because it's really important. We've been talking, just talking to the boys in the kitchen, about a year, nearly about a year about this whole all-black um, coaches issue. And it's really important to, to talk to us. So he's going to come on at 7.40 and have a chat to us. Um, but, mate, he's in good spirits. Like, he's bouncing down there. Like, just around, you can imagine, all the all the superstars and all the golfers oh, yeah. he's on his socials. He's been, he's just, I didn't actually realise how mad a golfer he was. Like, and fanboy. Like, fanboy and all the, all the golfers down there. Um, which is really cool. Because he's, you know, he's he's given everyone a look through his socials at what's going on down there. I actually think Steve Elk is a, a special. Like I'm going to have a, a little bit um, on that, and I look. I just I just can't go away from him coming back to New Zealand the way that he's played um, through the seniors and and dominated that, and then getting back. We had a texter yesterday, and I don't know if we read that out, but. One of our texters said that he played a game with him last week on a blind course. He didn't know where the where the pin was, and yeah, he Jack's was, point. He was nailing it. So on that alone, for for as a form guide going into the New Zealand Open, I'm going to have a little bit of a um, a nudge at uh, Mr. Elka. I think he's going to go all right. Love it. I'm just bringing up the odds now, Kempi, to see what you're going to get. Um, you're right. He's he's just got it. Oh. <laughs> oh, Kimpy. <laughs> yeah, get your get your get your phone out. Get your debit card out or your 
what are you rocking an MX? You'll be you, you'll have something flash. Uh, <laughs> Steve Elker, you're getting 19 bucks around your man. Exactly, exactly. He's uh, look. He'll close in today, no doubt. He'll close in today because Mr. Consistency will go out. You're not going to get 19 bucks tomorrow, and you definitely won't get that on Saturday. You, you, that's such a good point. Once they tee off, I wonder if they'll do live betting, surely. But you'd say that he's going to go out there and um, steady hand. Brad Kennedy, the Aussie, 13 bucks. Uh, Jason Shrivner, 13 bucks. Stephen Alka, 19s. Then you've got Michael Hendry on 23s. Ben Campbell on 26s. What about Dan Hillier on 31s? Or Josh Geary at 31s? You know? Nick Voke at 36s. I saw a bit of um, Izzy's content yesterday, and he had Luke Toomey up there. He had Dan Hillier, uh, Michael Hendry. He's absolutely loving it, and why wouldn't you? Double eight, double three. who do you know in your life that would just want to be at this golf more than anything? We've got a pair of these beautiful Adidas golf shoes, which, Kemper, you're getting your hands on a pair as well. So um, you and you, you and Izzy have been talking about it. You guys are going to have to go for a, a wee mission up to somewhere. Yeah, well, hopefully I can bring him up to um, the far north and take him up to Cody Cliffs. Uh, got a mate up there that is the uh, entertainment manager. His role is <laughs> so a young boy, young. Oh, he's not so young anymore. Um, from Waitaru. What does that entail? Well, mate, I'll tell you what. It's a it's a dream job. So he gets a he gets a a Land Cruiser, and basically what he does is he welcomes the guests into Cody Cliffs. Um, and he's at their beck and call. He takes some fishing. He takes some shopping. <laughs> he drives the golf cart. You know what I mean? He just whatever they want. They basically that's his that's his role for the for the time that they stay there. And uh, he sits next to them and goes like he, he showed me the fishing spot when I went up there and took me down. They got a, their own beach. He took me down to the fishing spot. Like that alone, mate, is worth it. Worth its weight in gold and stay there. Um, but yeah, some, somewhere like that, I would actually pull the clubs out if uh, if Daggy wanted to go with that and rock my new uh, my new Adidas uh, ZG twenty threes out. I think that'll be uh, a nice spot to play. Just speaking of, it's just that. By the way, that is, I think you have hit the nail on the head for everybody's dream job. You're right, like <laughs> entertainment manager at one of New Zealand's best golf courses. Just you're, you're tasked with being. Pretty much the the yes man who just hit the fun man. That is that is unbelievable. Just thinking, you get the Adidas golf shoes. I heard the uh, Woolburgers ad. Did you even get yourself a Woolburger? Because they opened yesterday, didn't they? Down they, at Princess Wolf. They did, and no, I didn't because I'm going to go back today. Staffy's down there uh, doing the afternoon show, and he's going ah. he's going down there and doing it. An OB live from there, so uh, listening to Steffi this afternoon, I'm going to be heading down there, having a quick little chat with him, hopefully. Um, but more importantly, I'm going to check out the <laughs> Woolburger Burger and and see what it's like. So, um, yeah, it was a big day yesterday. Obviously, running it straight, we we threw out um, what our what we thought uh, our position on the table would be, especially for the the New Zealand One Warriors, um, and of course the rest of the competition. Some really interesting picks. Of I don't know if you've been following it, Louis, but through SEN in Australia, some of the big pundits over there, uh, Matty Johns, Greg Alexander, Vossi. Oh, yeah. Like, Vossi's got the Tigers in the eight. I'm like, Excuse me? Well, yeah, I'm like, wow. Mind you, he did have the Warriors in the four a couple of years ago, so... Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but all the boys, which is really surprising, all the others had selfs to win the comp. Well, Kimpy, 
you, with your first pick in our NRL draft yesterday, snapped up the bunnies. You did very tidy work there. Izzy had number one pick, and he took Manly, and you did not hesitate to take the South. And we're finishing this draft today. So so give me give us some oil here, because we, we've got you've got two more picks. You've got two more people to come on your team with two more picks. Izzy, he just has one more person to come on his team for a pick. So Vossi's got the Tigers making the eight. Well, to my reading, the Tigers are still on the board. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think um, Izzy's got one pick left. I've got two. Look, I obviously the Dolphins are going to be left to last, so uh, that'll probably end up on my side of the, the ledger. But the Knights, I think it's the Knights and the Tigers are the other two teams left there. The Knights are playing tomorrow night. If you have a look at their side against the Warriors, they've actually got a pretty good side. The only player that's missing is Dane Gagai, who's um, struggling at the moment. So he's been left out. But Tuala's in at the centres for him. He's been playing there all of last year. But a very, very even side across the park um, playing the Warriors down in Wellington. So, yep, there's a couple of good picks there for people today. If you want to get on and join the the, the uh, NRL draft the, of Izzy and Kempe, Kempe's uh, uncle's dream team and Izzy's dreamers is what they're called. Um, I actually like the text you say about the, the clues to get him in. Um, one of the texts is saying that, you know, Come on, Kempe, you're leading too many people into into the team there. When I had a look back on it, Lou, when you sent it through, um, yeah, mate, it's a, it's down to the line. The both like so I looked at Izzy's side and I went, oh, it's going to be close because he's picked well, some you know, really good teams. He has, but okay, and he's asleep right now, so he can't tell me off. Kempe, you've actually got a chance here to round this out well because there's. Only one expansion team at the moment, which means there's actually an uneven number of teams in the NRL. So one team is left on the chopping block. Oh. And that's probably going to be the Dolphins. So you actually have the Tigers, there's the Tigers, there's the Titans, and there's the Knights currently unallocated, which are actually three chances to put together points this year. A hundred percent. Those three, like well, the well, the Titans, for instance, have uh, battled out the eight. They missed it a couple of years ago. They, That's they, it. They've got a good side. They bought Kieran Foran up there, and of course, the Knights. You just don't know what you're going to get with the Knights. You know, you've got the 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 are punching on Hastings. You know what I mean? So Hastings and Ponga, if they can get that half um, five eight combination going, who knows? Who knows? And of course, like I said, Vossi's put the Tigers, like Vossi's bought into the Tim Sheen's, um, yeah, uh, Benji Marshall, Andrew uh, um, Farrah, Robbie Farrah. I was going to say Andrew Farrah because he was an Andrew Farrah back in my day, but Robbie Farrah, uh, coaching structure. Like Vossi's bought into it. And he's gone. Yep, they're going to make the eight. And if you look at their last trial, well, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? You know. And it's really hard to pick, like. When you when this before the season kicks off, it's really hard to, to pick anything. Like uh, Sammy asked me yesterday, like what's your daily M? Who's your daily M coach? I'm like, mate, you you probably pick those after round six. Like you get a good read on things, but picking it before the comp, here's a guess. Here's a here's like dead set smokies. You know what I mean? It, so. You know the best. You're so right. The best thing about this time of year is you can talk yourself into anyone. Like you can talk, you could talk yourself into the Tigers like Vossi's doing. You could talk yourself into the Knights. Your man Joey Johns, 
we know that he has got this absolute affection for Kalen Ponga. He thinks that he is maybe one of the more talented players to have played the game. I'm just so worried about Kalen's body. You just want to see him have a full run. He's almost a bit like Tommy Trevojevic in that respect that they're just so brilliant. These players are so brilliant that their bodies are doing such, they're redlining all the time, and you just worry that they're not going to be able to string together a full season to be able to see them get in their best form. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point, Louis. So, you know, you've got, you got those thoroughbreds that are running around out there, and they're, they're miles in front of people. I said this in 2010 about Benji Marshall. Um, we were in the Kiwi team, and I said, you know, it's not Benji's fault of the about the way that he plays and and people missing passes and missing catches, you know, not yeah. being on the end of kicks because he's a step ahead of them. So he was just too quick for everybody, like the way that he thought and the way that he played. And when you're talking turbo, when you're talking the likes of Kane and Ponga, and him playing at five eight, I don't know if you saw the tackle that Mitchell Moses put on him in the trial. You know, he, Mitchell Moses just read the read the play on Ponga and yeah. smashed him. Yeah. Yeah. Now Ponga has to get his timing right. He has to he has to bring himself back a little bit more depth and allow himself to beat players as opposed to beat them to the as opposed to beating them to the punch. You know, he's got to, he has to take a counter punch before he hits he hits them. And that's what Andrew Johns did. Andrew Johns was was he had the the mind of a, a real quick thinker, but his body wasn't that quick. But his mind made his body quick, if that makes sense. He was always a player ahead of people. He'd set you up. Oh, he's incredible. One of the one of the most incredible footballers to watch. You're right. Just saw it. It was almost like he was watching the game at point seven five speed. Yeah. And everybody else was playing in at real matrix time. Matrix speed. It matrix yeah. dodging those bullets. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. what that's what good players do. You know, there's a yeah. there's a there's a, a a shot of vision they play on. Origin time all the time where he, he came back to play Origin and he steps out on the right, catches the ball first receiver and throws it back through the markers to Danny Baderas at, at dummy half. He threw it to him and Danny Baderas goes and scores a try. It's like, where did you get that pass from? Like, seriously, <laughs> what were you thinking? But he saw it. Like he saw yeah. them. They just set everyone up and it was, it's a great piece of footage. Oh, I can't wait to talk NRL with you all morning, Kempi. This is a very special day, 2nd of March. NRL season gets underway this evening. We are fired up. We will talk about it all morning. Uh, right now, 21 minutes past 6. Robbie, let's do it. Can't wait question of the day. We're going to have to flip-flop through a couple of major topics today. Izzy's coming on just after 7.30 to give his take on this. New Zealand rugby, Ian Foster, a bit of clarity yesterday. Dame Patsy Reddy uh, saying that the All Blacks coach will be appointed in the next four to six weeks. Ian Foster then has been backed into a corner. You saw the writing on the wall after his media interviews last week. He has withdrawn his name. He says he will not be reapplying for what is his job. And my can't wait question of the day, Kempe, is nice and easy. Do you feel sorry for Ian Foster? Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred, one five zero, eight eleven. Because Kimpy, remember the vitriol that he was copying when they were losing last year, and that the team wasn't playing, and people were saying, "Have some respect, have some pride." Well, what do you think now? I know my answer. I reckon Kimpy, you'll have something to say here. Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred, one five zero, eight eleven. Here with Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. We back. Do you feel sorry for Ian Foster? Your take on that after this. 27 after 6 o'clock, and gee whiz, you're up early on a Thursday, and why wouldn't you be? There's so much going on. Uh, Kempi, my can't wait question of the day. Do you feel sorry for Ian Foster? Oh, yeah. 
100%. Like what's played out in the last, uh, what, 10 days and him having to come out and basically call their bluff. They've finally, they've finally come to the to party to, only to say we won't be scrutinised and that's all you're going to get from us anyway. But Ian Foster's right. He's exactly right. He's hit the nail on the head. This is what we're doing. Um, and for him to rebut it straight away and say, well, I won't be applying, is basically just the nail on the coffin for the NZR for me is, is a lack of faith that um, has been, been shown not just by the coaching team. I think a lot of the players will feel the same way at the moment. Uh, I think there's, it is going to affect the World Cup. I feel really sorry for Fozzie because he did have a point. They need to concentrate on the World Cup. You've you got rocks in your head if you think this process is not going to... Just have a think about it, Lou. You're sitting in there as a job, yeah, and it's your job to, to win the World Cup, and they announce a new coach. Well, what's a new coach going to bring? He's going to bring his own team. You don't know if you're a part of it. You, as a player, what's he, what's he going to bring? He's going to pick his own team. You don't know if you're going to be a part of it again. Like It's just going to play on the back of everyone's mind. So do I feel sorry for Fozzie? Hell yeah. I do feel sorry for him. Well said. I think you have to. Although, I actually don't feel sorry for him today because I think today is a very liberating day for Ian Foster. I think he will feel free. I think he will feel very free. I think he will now have clarity, and I think he will probably wake up today with a little chuckle and spring in his step and said, let's go win this World Cup. Yeah, look, and I, I think, you know, put, with my coaching cap on, I think that he would have a, a, a call into all the senior players today. He'll talk to them all. He'll be on his blower talking to players about the share and trying to uh, mitigate the fallout. You know what I mean? So... Like you just said, the spring in his step, he'll say, right, boys, at least we know where we are now, and this is exactly what we needed to do. We needed to push the boat out so that they'd answer the question, now we know, let's get on with it. That's the best thing about it. Totally. Feels very sorry for Fozzie, Grant says. It's like his boss, Mark Robertson, is booking Opie to ride maidens in the South Island. Absolutely ridiculous. Grant in the Tron. Grant, appreciate (laughs) your text on double eight, double three. There's so many here, Kempe. But the question is, do you feel sorry for Fozzie? This process has been, well, the fact that he had to come out last week, well, he felt like he had to, he been backed into a corner. I thought it was ludicrous at the time. I think it still is ludicrous, but I think the process was ludicrous. Now I've kind of come full circle on Ian Foster, and I just think that where where else was he going to go? He's backed into a corner, and he fought his way out, and here he is this morning. Whatever happens next year, whatever happens at the World Cup, it's just allow yourself for a moment. And I don't think they're going to win the World Cup. But allow yourself for a moment, Kempe. They win a World Cup, and Ian Foster gets to stand up there, and he gets to say, well, imagine what we could have done in the years coming. Yeah, and and that that was my point last week, Lou. You know, what Ian Foster, he has he, he can't lose in this one. You know, he's, he's, he's already announced that he's not going to apply for the job, all right? But he goes up there and wins it, he actually mm-hmm. doesn't have to apply for a job because everybody's going to want him. So I think what you've, how you've described, he's woken up this morning um, with a weight off his shoulders and a, and a spring and a step. I think that's a really good thing for Fozzie. So now he can just concentrate. You know, he's, he's on a hiding to nothing. He just has to go and win the World Cup. And of course, that's what the country wants. We want to go up there. We want to beat England especially. We want to beat Ireland. We want to tell France up, the, the nemesis. Um, and we want to win it in their backyard. So if we can do that, 
Mate, Fozzie writes his own checks. He chooses where he goes. You know what I mean? And just don't forget, don't forget, you win a World Cup, you get knighted. <laughs> oh, I was about to say, we're the first sir that doesn't get retained as the All Blacks coach. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Kimby, how much, you love markets, you're, you're sick for the punt like me. Well, maybe less, not quite, but you love you love markets. <laughs> what, if I, if I said to you, Ian Foster, if I said to you, let's say, well, let's think about futures markets. Six months ago, three months ago, then last week. If I said to you at those points in time, Ian Foster was going to be the real winner from this saga and he wasn't going to be the All Blacks coach, but he was going to be the winner, what price would you put that at? Uh, thousands to start because we all thought he was going to actually be sacked. And yeah. then it would have closed in when he got reappointed to probably hundreds and yeah. even money yesterday. Even, mate, a master stroke, I have to say. When I've looked at it all of last night, and you knew, knew how hot I was on it, as soon as I seen it come out, I was yeah. thinking, his advisors, tip your hat. That worked. That was an Eli Gould, you know, if he's, you know that, he, was it, what's the guy's name? Eli, his name's Eli on that program with the, about that. Oh, he's, a, he's like an advisor. Um, <laughs> like whoever advised Ian Foster, Take your hat off, because it has worked a treat. He has played. Yeah. He has played the the best move on the chessboard and got exactly what he wanted. Because now, like you and you've nailed it, he can wake up this morning and say, "Right now, let's get on. Let's get on with this. Let's put it to bed." Because that's what he wanted. Yeah. He wanted. He didn't want this to drag on going into the World Cup year. He wanted. I think he knew all along that he was never going to be the coach. He just needed them to make that make that call. I tend to agree, and I, I, I still think it was a, it's calamity. I still think it's been amateur hour, and I still think it's it's absolutely dis- distracted and detracted from Super Rugby. But I don't think that's his fault, and I think he's put himself in a win-win position where he said, "Yeah, look at the shambles. I'm now going to pull the detonator." But you know what? You're going to be mad at New Zealand Rugby, not me, and I'm the good guy in all of this. Yeah. And I, I think it's it's incredible how it's spun around. There's a couple of good texts there, Kempi. Um, do you want to hit a couple of those? Yeah, here's one. The review from 19 would be more about the coach appointment. That was a farce. Rennie and Joseph both said the NZR didn't even have the vacancy open when they took their jobs elsewhere, and NZR knew that they needed a new coach. Who do they think they are being all secretive, the stone cutters? That's from Chris. Um yeah, Chris. Look, I, I hear what you, I hear what you're saying. Of course, it's about the coaching stuff, and and he adds it here. Of course, you should feel sorry for Fozzie. At the end of the day, the man has been doing his job and has been publicly whipped. I, mean, I totally agree, and almost fired by his employees. That's what we just spoke about. Yep, we can go on and on around the appointment process, whether he's up for it or not. But all he did was accept the job that was offered to him, and that's my that's my point. And I think this is a problem. I've said it all along with New Zealand sport when you've got amateurs running the, the, the governance side of it and you've got professionals running the sports side of it. At the end of the day, the professionals running the sports side of it will always win. They're, they're, like he's played the professional card, Fozzie, and said, well, if you're not going to say it, I'm going to play a card which will make you say it. And the advice Push that he the- got was, oh, look, I'm thinking of, I'm actually thinking about who gave him that advice and I've got my thoughts on who it is and I, mate, I think it was a, a really, really smart move. Oh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Uh, <laughs> do you know, it's frustrating, though, because for other sports like New Zealand cricket, the breakers 
um, uh, sail GP, you kind of just want to crack on. But we keep getting pulled into this wreckage, and it's like it's it's like reality TV. You can't look away. Entourage, Kempi. Entourage. It is it, absolutely and and reactionary, Louis. It's never it's never been proactive and jumping on the front foot. We've said it all the time. Get out in front of the ball. It's a reactionary off a off a hundred meter kick going to pick it up from the dead ball line, and the defensive defensive teams coming at you hundred miles an hour. Where do I go? It's, it, honestly, you like. Did you expect that to come out yesterday afternoon? Well, uh, when Dame Patsy really when they said that they were when they made the announcement about an announcement, I I thought to myself, well. I didn't know Ian Foster was going to announce it, no. But I, I knew that he would rule himself out because he kind of did last week. But, yeah, for him to just to do it, bang, okay, sweet, move on, move on with my life, amazing. Amazing. New Zealand rugby is the royal family. We are just their peasants, says Chris on double eight double three. That is so good, Chris. <laughs> that is so good. Oh, well, look at the brilliant. royal family. Right. <laughs> we... we... <laughs> oh, that is, that is a, such a good analogy. Isn't it? So good. <laughs> yeah, we're just their subjects. We're just their subjects. All we care... Oh, look, all we do is just love the game and pay to go... Exorbitant prices to go watch it. Chris, I love it. So good. Okay, we need to do this quiz because Izzy's, Izzy's not here. You're the Kemp Master. 0800 Take on the Kemp Master. Give him a call. Uh, Quizzy Dad coming right up. I'll give you a clue. It'll probably be terrible. We'll do our best. $50 up for grabs via the TAB. Come on. This is how you do it, Quizzy Dad come play it. This is how we do it, Quizzy Dad come play it. Quiz is on the line, just one at a time. Don't Google a lie, phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs, TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy that come play it. Quizzy that come play it. 0800 150 811. Now give us a call. Yeah, it gets me going all the time. Every time we hear that this morning, Quizzy Dag done by Uncle this morning, and of course the Clue Master Louis will be throwing those clues out if you get a little bit stuck. I've had a look at the quiz this morning, Lou, and it's actually difficult. It's one of the more difficult tough. ones. It's a tough one. So uh, good luck to everyone out there. Fifty dollar bet, and just to the texter that said, I hope you got on Puki Tiddle yesterday. Look out! That means Puki Hill Tiddle seat. Means uh, in Maori means look out. Uh, yes, we all did. That was a great little win. And um, hopefully, Louis can throw you into a couple more later on with the $50 bonus bet. Uh, but we're going to go to Simon first off. Simon, good morning. Morning, Kibby. Morning, mate. Uh, what city will play host to every single Super Rugby game this weekend? Easy one to start. Uh, Melbourne. There you go. Now, it starts to get a little bit tougher, Simon. Name the Australian footballer that became the first female to feature on a global FIFA cover. Oh, is it Sam Kerr? Oh, my God. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. The Lakers and Celtics have both won 17 NBA championships. What team is next on the list with seven? Uh, any clue on that? Um, well, 
just one title would be nice for the others. Just Four, one title. Three, two, um, one. I don't know the next title. Uh, just, just, one, just one championship would be nice for their... Uh... <laughs> it's a good clue. <laughs> Unlucky Simon, we're going to go to Uncle Brett down in Huntley. Morena Brett. Tēnā Uncle. Tēnā boat. How's things? Uh, ka te pai a hau. Um, yeah, what are we up to? Uh, nothing. Oh, going to Taupo for uh, what's, um, what's some fun to do Ironman on Saturday. Oh, nice. Hey, just, hey uh, Brett. Oh, just the guy took all this year. Yeah, mate. L- last year, at about this time, remember how self-assured won the, the race by Grins and you got to meet your idol, Tony Kemp? But, no, I didn't get to meet Tony Kemp. <laughs> he got to meet the shadow. He went upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Well, Brett, just re- remember that that beautiful feeling when you got that 2K cold hard when uh, Self-Assured won. Just keep your ears tuned next week because Self-Assured's running it back and we want more people involved this year. That's all I'll say for now, but just make sure you just keep tuned. <laughs> oh, I've already got my tickets. I've got my t- tickets for April 14th. Nice. There you go. Nice. Okay, you two. Be quiet. We've got a couple of minutes left to go. We're going to get this out. Lakers and Celtics. Golden State. There you go. Now we've got two to go. India were bowled out for 109 at home in the third test against Australia. Named the spinner who took five for 16 off nine overs. No, I don't know his name, but he's in the second test. Good luck to Nick Fuller. <laughs> <laughs> All right, going to Ed Dolliger Bay. Morning, Ed. How you going? Oh, I'm all right, man, but I'm listening to this quiz. I ain't got it either. Don't get cocky down. Later. <laughs> Zaid. Morning, Zaid. You there, Zaid? Yeah, good, good morning. Mate, India bowled out 109 at home. Who was the sp- spinner that took 5 for 16? Was it Matty Kuderman? Nailed it. Nailed it, Zaid. Here you go, mate. 50 bucks on the line. The ANZ Premiership season gets underway this weekend. What city will host the first game? Uh, can I have a clue? No. Well, no. You, you know, you well. No, no, I don't think you should be able to get a cure. It's pretty easy. Is it? Is it Auckland? There you go, Zabe. Well done, mate. What are you going to put it on? Just quickly. Um, uh, probably the NRL. There's a boost that I like tonight. What um, is it? Xavier Coates or Mike Acevo, first try scorer. Ooh. Maybe that. Yeah, yeah, nice. What's that paying? Thing about threes or fours. Yeah, you Ooh, take yeah. that. You take that. All right, then you come and buy me a burger later down at, at Woolburger. <laughs> all right? Get down there, son. You get down there at mornings. Oh, Kimpy, I'm so jealous. <laughs> Thanks, Zaid. Well done, mate. Two for Zaid this week. He's come out of. He's come from behind midfield and absolutely pounced. I'm so jealous. Can you see, make sure you send lots of photos of these burgers, all right? Yeah, oh, look, I've seen them. I've seen a couple on socials. They do. I am partial to a burger, so they do look good, Louis. I'll send some close-ups. Five five burgers incoming. <laughs> I don't know if I can do five anymore. Maybe four. Eight away from, eight away from seven. <laughs> eight away from seven. Love racing. NZ after this.
Ages around the home corner, he released a really Colgan. A length on Valdesoldo, who's starting to level on the outside. Not much between them. Contagious Valdesoldo, and then sealed with a kiss, Flamenco is coming out. And after these runners, Valdesoldo just laying in a little bit on Contagious. There's not much between them. Valdesoldo just Contagious is tough. Pennywick is arriving the last little bit, but Valdesoldo wins. Valdesoldo gets the Roland from Contagious Pennywicker. Valdezoldo, way too good yesterday. Loveracing.nz, that was the track was playing pretty on speed. Uh, Alapuni mm. and Valdezoldo and Contagious got themselves up on the speed. Kimpy, did you see that? And yeah. uh, Valdezoldo too strong in the finish. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought he he pushed the button a little bit too early, Vinny. Uh, he should have just um, calmed the farm a little bit. Then might have got Contagious home. I quite liked Contagious yesterday. Um, but yeah, Valdezoldo, what a what a win when they took off. The, uh, that was a two. It was a two horse race. It was, mate, and the rest of them were chasing a dream. There's some good runs in behind. This is dramatic. was awesome, I thought. Really, really, really nice. So that was yesterday. Uh, Colorado Silver it looked like it loomed up, but yeah, again, race two. That was my best bet. Just couldn't quite get into it. Today, I actually think there's a pretty easy multi we can have, Kimpy. Um, I reckon it's a day for Tony Pike to get back out there and into the winner's circle. I will just mention Rabada. For Baz is racing, and Rabada is a chance in race number eight. But I want to go race one. He's beast. Michael McNabb, overdue a winning turn. Good barrier draw into race four. Rotorer. Good starting uh, price profile last time on a Saturday at Tarapa. It got crushed in and just didn't run a run to it. So uh, what we expected was four lengths behind them that day, but goes midweek here and should be way too hard to beat. Rotor a race four, and he's beast McNabb and Tony Pike. Those are my best love. Racing.nz. We're talking hoops, basketball, after the news with Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Three minutes past seven is Ruben dancing in the shower to that song. <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah, Rubes, I know you got it going. It's, uh, let's hope that you've got that feet moving to their little Don't bit slip. there. Don't <laughs> Exactly. You're listening to Kepi and Izzy for breakfast this morning. Uh, we've had a good opening, actually, talking about Fozzie and what transpired out of the, the newspapers yesterday about the uh, the coaching process that's happened in four to, uh, four to six weeks. If you haven't heard that, just go to Kempi and Izzy uh, on our podcast on the SENZ app. Uh, and also we have another pair of the all-new ZG23 range of golf shoes from Adidas to give away, which will be available this Friday. Uh, New Zealand Open, of course, is teeing off today with our mate Izzy. Uh, we've got him coming up at 7.40. Also, more than just athlete, uh, after eight, we're going to be talking to my good mate Craig Innes, um, who is down in the Hawke's Bay doing some good things. And rounding out the show, uh, we'll have a good chat to your mate uh, you caught up with in Sydney, Dale Budge, about the GP sale, uh, which we're going to down in Christchurch very shortly, Louis. Um, so a big show coming up. And, of course, we're going to talk James Herbert very shortly, Louis. Yeah, we are. We're going to talk some hoops, Kempi. We're going to talk some, we'll talk some hoops, and I can't wait because the NBA season has been a bit hectic so far, and there's plenty to come. Just looking through some of these messages, my 17-year-old absolutely loves golf. Josh Ranson is his name. He wants this pair of shoes. My brother-in-law, Dennis, would love it. Cheers, Roddy. Cheers, Roddy. Uh, there's so many texts coming through. Ed got your message here as well. So, these shoes are in hot demand. Text now, double eight, double three. Who would be want to be playing golf at New Zealand Golf Open today? Let us know. And we'll get back to some of these messages on Ian Foster as well in a second. But, as we said, we're three quarters of the way through the NBA season. 
boy, has it been dramatic so far. They're in blockbuster trades, stunning individual performances. I feel like if you don't have a 70-point game this year, you might be an outsider. I heard on a podcast recently there are 40 players averaging 20 a game. A decade ago, I think there was only about 10. So the league is in a scoring frenzy. Teams are congested trying to make the playoffs in the West, in the East. Who is real? Who is fake? Well, let's ask James Herbert. Uh, He's from CBS Sports, and he's joined us this morning. We're very grateful. Morning, James. How are you going? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me again. No, thank you for making yourself available, man. There's uh, a million different ways we can go here. But I think one of the, the big stories today that everyone will be following is KD to make his son's debut against the hapless Hornets. Is this uh, confirmed? Are we expecting KD? And what version of KD are we expecting? Yeah, he's expected to play. I don't know that you can expect him to play like huge minutes in his first game back. But I mean... I covered, you know, in Brooklyn, like I remember his first preseason game after he missed a full year, his first regular season game after that. I've seen him come back from stretches similar to this one, even like last year, and he missed about six weeks at around the same time of the season. Every time he's come back, he just looked exactly like himself. Like he generally comes back from these injuries, whether they're medium term injuries, even long term injuries where other guys take a long time to get back in the swing of things. He just kind of comes in and, like, he's unguardable. He, he's the kind of player whose game sort of fits in really neatly um, with any team that he's ever been on, which is unusual for a superstar. Often teams have to kind of remake their offense, do everything differently. Um, so I don't anticipate there will be a ton of growing pains with him and the Suns. The offense will be a little bit different um, than, than what we saw in Brooklyn because it's different personnel. But I fully expect KD to be playing – um, at an all-star level pretty much right away and maybe back to playing at like an MVP level, which is what we saw before this injury uh, and really not, not too long at all. Well, that's, a, that's a big moment in it, uh, James. But, but there must be a standout moment for you this, this year. What has it been? Hmm. Um, man, that, that's, that's a good question. Like my mind immediately goes to Damian Lillard's game the other night, but that might be recency bias. Um, honestly, another game. Um, that wasn't it wasn't an individual performance, but also just recently after the All Star break uh, on the weekend, there was a game between the Clippers and the Kings. It was the second highest scoring game in NBA history. It went to two overtimes. It was like mm. 176, 175, maybe it was 175, 174. Um, and that is just some of the best regular season basketball that I have ever seen. I, I think some people watched that game or watch highlights and they just thought oh this was like an all-star game this is like a scrimmage nobody's playing defense but i don't really think that's it like watching that game there there were some defensive breakdowns to be sure but a lot of that was caused by the fact that the offense was just unbelievable just guys out there making absolutely incredible plays Kawhi leonard um had a virtually flawless performance in that game and got almost no easy shots he's making contested fadeaways he's making like sidestep threes with a hand in his face um there were numerous kings players like De'Aaron fox and malik monk um made some absolutely absurd shots to kind of seal that game for them in the second overtime they were doing it their legs should have been tired but they weren't they were still playing at this like breakneck pace both teams were um if you make one little mistake on defense the other team is just pouncing on it um and i think that 
was, I mean, to sort of go back to where this conversation started, like that game is kind of a metaphor for like where the game is today. Like this is an offense heavy league. Um, The spacing has never been better. The individual skill level has never been better. You, You look at that Sacramento Kings team that has like shocked everybody this season um that's because they have one of the best offenses of all time and it's not because they're they're stocked with superstars they have two all-star players but then they have this system that is super fast that is based on all this passing they have shooting all over the court they play like a team like they they have been one of the more fun stories in the league for me this season i have loved watching them i loved watching that game and i thought the clippers were honestly playing at a really high level in that game as well. So sort of the result of it uh, was, was kind of irrelevant to me, but yeah, I mean, that, that was a really memorable one for me. And I think it also sort of like says something about where the NBA is right now. Yeah. The scoring binge is incredible, but what happens when the playoffs hit and the game slows down? Are teams like the Kings going to be able to play at that pace or are teams like Miami who are just bludgeoners with all that playoff, <laughs> you know, uh, experience and, and that, they're kind of designed for it. Are teams like that going to find it easier? And, you know, it, in a way, is, is this to kind of exemplifying the gap between what a regular season is and what the postseason is in the NBA, which must be concerning for Adam Silver? In a way, there, there's that gap. What, what I really think it is more than, like, it, it'll slow down a ton. Like, it'll slow down a little, like, historically, like, the stats kind of bear that out. When you compare regular season pace to playoff pace, um, just like when you compare like, you know, crunch time pace to first quarter pace. Um, but we've seen in honestly, like recent seasons, uh, teams like the Lakers a few years ago, the Bucks a, a few years ago, these teams that they didn't have amazing half court offense. The way they they scored was they would hammer teams in transition. They would run like crazy. They would play with pace. They would get stops on the defensive end, too, though. And that's yeah. where the concern comes in for Sacramento. I think you can play fast. They will play fast. There's a lot of teams around the NBA. Like, I think the way the league works now, you can't afford not to um, unless you are blessed with, like, absolutely incredible isolation play and a lot of shooters around them. And you can just slow things down and do it that way. But even then, a lot of those teams, like, you see their coaches sometimes yelling at them after <laughs> defensive rebounds, like, get up the court, get into your – offense quickly like early offense in the nba like that is the most efficient um kind of way to go i I think the issue with the sacramento is they've just been a a terrible defensive team for the vast majority of this season they've made up for that by being absolutely incredible offensively what you want is a balance you want to be able to do both both things that's why even though like i mean to take the example of that matchup that we're just talking about um, the, the Kings have been a better team on balance than the Clippers over the course of the season. But I, I think you talk to most people around the league, like they see the Clippers as a legitimate championship contender, um, presuming that they are healthy because at their best, they can be an absolutely elite defensive team and an incredible offensive team. Whereas the Kings like that upside really isn't there on the defensive end. I, I think historically, um, the, like the vast majority of championship teams have been in the top 10 on both offense and defense. I think that doesn't guarantee you anything if you're in the top 10. Like ideally, you're um, you know in the top five in both or, or at least in one of those categories. Um, but I think like in that respect, nothing has really changed. Like every team is striving to be balanced and to be as close to elite as possible on both ends. And that's why Sacramento, like super fun team, love watching them. If they even win one series, 
um, I think that would be not only like incredible for a franchise that has the longest um, playoff drought in North American pro sports. I think it would be surprising. <laughs> like I, I, I don't think anybody is is kind of anticipating. Even if they get to the second seed, I think a lot of people might end up picking the team that comes out of the play-in because oh by the way, look at who's in the play-in right now. Like they could be facing the Warriors or something. What's your What's your take, James, on the buck? on the Bucks at the moment in their 15, um, 15 win winning streak. Are they a threat? Oh, absolutely. Um, so I was just, I was at Barclays last night, saw them kind of just like outlast the Nets in that game. Brooklyn started out making all their threes. They had the lead, um, looked kind of comfortable um, for much of the first half, but the Bucks just wear you down. Like in the second half, Giannis, as he has done, um, kind of throughout the season, he has increased his aggressiveness as the game has gone on, as he's sort of felt the game out. And once he sort of started driving to the basket at, at with like an increased degree of sort of physicality, like there was nothing really the Nets could do with him. They, they give up threes still um, fewer than they did in seasons past. I do think, you know, that that is um, potentially something that in the playoff series, I mean, that that's how they've gone down. Uh, in the past, that's how they went down against the Celtics last year with them surrendering threes to Grant Williams and the guy just knocking down a whole bunch of them in a game seven. I think that's one area of concern for them. I think offensively, uh, just over the course of the season, they have not been as consistent as they would like to be on the offensive end. Uh, they, they do not have what I would call a beautiful offense. Um, they can get stagnant at times. Um, but I mean, I, I anticipate that Chris Middleton's minutes will be dialed up as we get closer to the playoffs. I anticipate that their offense will improve at least a little bit in between now and then. And they are just on such a roll. They are so confident. They have won a championship recently. They believed they could win a championship last year. They almost beat the Celtics without their second best player. And honestly, like their best half court creator last year with Chris Middleton missing that entire series. And I, I think they kind of don't, they're not, they're certainly not afraid of anybody. Um, and they have just been so dominant defensively and they're dominant in transition um, at times. And if they can, they, like they basically know their formula, like be good enough in the half court on offense, but really just like pound you physically get stops, push the pace, pass the ball, like make open threes. Like Jay Crowder, the guy they just added really, really fits into that. Um, and I think they're a little bit more complete of a team with him on the roster. And yeah, they're, they're hitting their stride at the absolutely perfect time. James, there's, there's about a hundred different things that I want to finish with, but we, we've got to let you get back to your good work over there stateside, mate. I, I will ask about the Lakers though, because it seems like, they had just put together and finally worked their way back to a roster that could actually contend and, and maybe with a bit of health luck they could go on a run. But LeBron is old, that's not an exaggeration, and the health luck has turned already. They are now going to miss him for probably two. I imagine it'll be more like a month. Uh, yesterday I watched the Memphis Grizzlies just punk them pretty much and Jaron Jackson Jr. Yep. just absolutely obliterate Anthony Davis on a putback and it just it just gave me the sinking feeling for the Lakers that the minute they might have turned the corner it might be all over for them again is that an overreaction or, or is it just too big a hill to climb for them I think we have to see exactly how long LeBron is out they, they do have a roster that like it makes more sense than it did before the trade deadline right like whether or not that's a championship 
team. Like, I think reasonable people can disagree. Like, I don't really see them as a contender, even with LeBron at full strength. But, I mean, they, they at least had a more balanced roster in terms of having uh, the ability to put lineups out there that can mostly space the floor and still get some stops at the other end. I, I think Jared Vanderbilt has fit in brilliantly over there, and it's kind of amazing they got him. Um, and I think they do have a roster now that's a little bit more equipped to deal with LeBron's absence um, than it would have been if they had just done nothing at, at the deadline and still had Westbrook on the roster and didn't didn't make these additions. I think they have a little bit more firepower and, again, a little more balance. Um, but, like, you need AD to just be a superhero again. Like, uh, earlier in the year, before AD had an injury of his own, like, there was a stretch of about, you know, 10, 12 games where he was playing like some of the best basketball of his career. Like he, he sort of seemed like an MVP candidate for a minute there. His season has not just sort of followed that script. It's been injury filled and just like the past few have been for him and the Lakers. Um, and I think for them to weather this storm, like they, they need that guy. They need him virtually every night. They need to get these wins. Like there's not much time here to make up the ground that they need to um, and then it's just a matter, I think, from the Lakers perspective, it's a matter of getting into that play in and then being as close to fully healthy as possible once they get there. And at that point, like it is just just fight and scrap and try to get every win that you can. This season has been kind of a disaster. Um, if you look at uh, sort of what the internal expectations were um, coming in, I, I think the trade was potentially quite helpful. Uh, but if LeBron's not on the floor, I mean, there's just, I think there's already kind of a ceiling on how good this team could be, but it's substantially lower, uh, if he's not on the floor and, and like playing at an all NBA level too. Brilliant, James. Wonderful. There's great analysis, mate. CBS sports reporter, James Herbert. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. We'll let you crack on with your day and, uh, we can't wait to see how the season unfolds from here. No problem. Thank you so much. Great, Kempe. That's epic. Um, and and LeBron, like, we're finishing on the Lakers there. The bloke's 38, I think. He's looked after his body. He's invested, I think, a million dollars a year into his body. But eventually, eventually in those high-impact sports, I mean, you know, mate, it, it just it has to stop eventually. He, I think what happened then when James explained the, the 175, 176 game, you know, how, how, how long before we get a 200-point game? It's not going to be long, is it? Now... A 38-year-old or 40-year-old ain't going to keep up with the young blokes. Not when they're going at that that um, breakneck speed for for that that amount of time over over a game of basketball. So it's, it's like it's like anything, Louis. The game of rugby, the game of rugby league, the game of basketball is all sped up, um, and athletes are full time. He's going to probably have to jump in a Cairo chamber, um, LeBron. He's going to have to freeze, freeze some cells and come back in another 20, 50 years, something. Um, but he's not going to – mate, it's, it's, it won't last forever. But he does make a good think, point. You've got to have LeBron on the, on the court because it does make a hell of a difference. 100%. And I think we'll see him transition out. You know, he'll probably be owning a team within five years. He's going to be around the league forever, but his playing days, they are definitely numbered, Kempe. Hey, we've got so many texts here on uh, the All Black situation. You're off the back fence is coming up. We've got Izzy just after the news. We'll head off, come back, and get ripped straight back in to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SCNZ. Here with Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. What a week it's been with a stunning kickoff to Super Rugby, not to mention the test. 
for the ages delivered by the Black Caps. How good. Well, we revel in the past week's accolades. Attention now turns to the NRL. That's right, Louis. My game with tonight's kickoff between the Eels and the Storm. With everything that has happened in the NRL during the off-season, it really does feel like that they are kicking off under pressure, especially given the delivery of both the rugby and cricket over the past week. With promises of change within the Warriors' camp this year, so much is riding on this weekend that nothing short of a weekend of stunning football is needed. Anything else could leave league lovers once again being left behind and feeling a little underwhelmed. Can the NRL deliver a product this, this weekend to match the past week of Super Rugby results and a Black Caps outstanding performance? Well, I'm picking they can. And come Monday, we'll be talking about how good it is to have League back on the menu. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Kempy, can I ask you this? Because you have seen so many Warriors pre-seasons. You've seen them all. You were involved in a couple yourself. Is this actually different? And and don't give, uh, like, the one New Zealand Warriors, like, we are so fired up for the year. But please, honesty corner, is this actually different? Because every year we get some version that it's going to change. You know that more than anyone. You're the one that told me that. <laughs> you, you've taught me this. But you've been close enough this year to be able to get a read on the, the one New Zealand Warriors. Is this different? Yeah, and you know me, Louis. I'll never, I'll never candy coat it. Uh, look, I think they're, I think they're fit. Like I, I said last week when I saw them up on the stage that you couldn't tell the front rows from the from the centres. You know, yep. they've been given some training in the off season to get them fit for the season. Now, if you do that for me with the Warriors team, a little bit different than the than the other franchises. If you get a Warriors team fit, they're a chance because they can play football. You know, Kiwis, Kiwis, Pacific Islanders, they can play football. And and the only thing that has ever let us down in the past, and this was our mentality, myself and Daniels, was we'll get them fit first and we'll let them play football second. So, they, you know, you had teams that always came over here and said, well, we know you can play footy, but we'll just outlast you. So I think, for me, it does feel a little bit different because they are fit. And I think that has let them down over the last few years. And, of course, we've got this COVID situation, which isn't an excuse anymore. Um, and we look at how the breakers have bounced back and the resilience that they built on the on the road, which I think is really important for the Warriors too because they have to travel. So the, the proof, though, Louis, is going to be in – they've got a really tough um, middle six weeks. You know, they play top four teams, Pen, uh, Penrith. They play the Roosters. Uh, They've got the Sydney City um, side in there as well, but they got Newcastle twice. So I think they've targeted the first six rounds to get some some wins on the board. I think you know, like we said last year, if they could, they could have easily gone six wins and and no losses, where they only got one out of one or two out of those six wins. I think they're a definite chance to to compete this year and and possibly get the wins. The only difference is, um, I just still think they're lacking in the halves hookers spot. So. Next question. If they're fit, if they're ready to go, if it is different, the big question then is do they actually have the firepower? Do we have that, that stock that David Ellis goes to Karaka and buys? Do we have that to be able to hang with the top four teams in the comp? No. It's a simple simple answer. Not yet. I, I, think, I think it's no and not a definite no. I think he's building his team at the moment, Webby. I think he needs to get some runs on the board so he's not heavily scrutinised. Um 
And I think he's still building the halves hooker position. Position. I think Metcalf has to hurry up and get back. I think they're going to they're going to need Metcalf in the halves. Um, and I don't know what they're going to do to to fill the hooker spot. Um, you know, Wade Wade's solid. He's a solid solid hooker, but he's not going to win you a premiership. And I I've got no problem saying that. So um, I think if they can go out and get a, a, a established nine, top four, um, number nine, like like Marnie, Reed Marnie, you know, from Parramatta, went to Canterbury, like that would have been a great buy. You know what I mean? So, yeah, do they have the stock was your question? Not yet. Okay. Double eight, double three. Is this different? Do we have the stock to contend? Get back to us. Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Oh, it just feels like Christmas morning, doesn't it? It is exciting. NRL kicking off tonight, and we've got it all here on ECNZ. Uh, Kempi and Sammy Hewitt will be all over the the night's game tomorrow, eight pm. We cannot wait to rip an eels storm tonight. Here's Aroha the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Your text on the other side. Mizzy Dag is not far away. The morning of his massive golf event. We're going to talk some footy, some Ian Foster with him, and some golf. But right now, Kennards Hire makes your job easy. Kennards.co.nz. Talk to someone that's taken the Ken Oath. Joseph has taken the Ken Oath, and he's got some headlines for us. Ken Oath, yes, Lou, I have. And Izzy Dag, speaking of him, he uh, tees off at 9.08 a.m. today in the New Zealand Open. Fingers crossed. I'll run to the church after this and do a quick prayer for him. Uh, and Kieran Reid has given his thoughts on the whole Fozzie situation on the breakdown. From my point of view, I think Razor is the next all-back coach. Um, you, know, it's prob- you know, it's probably what should be happening. Um, after the World Cup, but it's just like, okay, um, how best do we get there? You know, and I think probably the best way forward, if we're going to do it, if we want to look after our, you know, our best coaches in the country, which Razor certainly is, then, you know, probably we just, you know, you name them, you move on, and um, everyone can just focus on, you know, supporting Fozzie, and, um, you know, because that's what we need to do for this year is getting behind him, and, you know, the way New Zealand rugby are probably just letting things hang at the moment, there's probably not much support, or Fozzie probably doesn't feel like there's much support for him. Sounds like he's reflecting your sentiments there, Kempi. And a bit of a fun one for you boys. Jose Mourinho, he has received his third red card of the season <laughs> as head coach of Roma. He has now received more red cards this season than any other player in Serie A this season. That's pretty stunning, boys. Those are your headlines. Is that true? Yeah, he is just going off it. He, 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 in fact, he's had to come out and say that he is not crazy. This specific time, he said the ref said something to him that and he spoke to him in an unjustifiable way. And he, <laughs> But, I mean, he's just absolutely off it. He's lost his mind. Oh, it's good to know that Jose is still kicking around. Uh, what an icon he is. And he's still racking up the red cards. Did you ever get red carded, Kimby? You gave Finchie uh, a spray once, didn't you? Yeah, I got, I've, I've been hung up on a couple of times, um, but not red carded. I've been sent off. I was runner. You know, they, you know the yellow shirts, yellow blue shirts that go onto an NRL field. Well, yep. I was runner um, in my first year back with the Warriors, and Billy Harrigan stopped the game and sent me off. <laughs> because <laughs> I was on there too long telling the players what to do. That was before you could actually coach on the field. You were meant to just go on and make changes, pull people off and, and run water on. Well, I was stuck in the defensive line telling players where to stand. <laughs> Still thought you were playing. Well, you're very, bad. You're very we, dangerously close to dropping your shoulder. We were pushing the barrow and uh, he, he, he stopped it. Jose Mourinho, was a, was a, I was a big fan. 
when he when he first came into to coaching, um, Bobby Robson was obviously coaching over in Italy when he took up his his role. As sort of I, I followed his career, and then when he he came in and, and started coaching in the English Premier Premier League was when I was coaching the Warriors. I I read a few articles yeah. and not um, and just liked the way that he sort of handled himself. But um, yeah. The coaching, the coaching, um, what do you call it with him? A merry-go-round has been pretty interesting Carousel. the last few years. Well, he he's it's, it's you know he's an interesting bloke because he describes himself as a special one. So that that kind yeah. of says it all. It, <laughs> yeah, very special. <laughs> yeah. uh, Simon says, "Def not top four or top eight. I'm thinking around eleven or twelve. Just don't think they can have the firepower." Cheers, boys. That's on the Warriors. Yeah, and look, I look, I. I think they'll be. I think there's four teams that'll be fighting out the the eight. So between eight and twelve, I think Manly's in there. I think uh, you know there's a couple of other teams that that'll be pushing the Warriors along too. Um, and you just don't know. You know, like top four, top five is pretty predictable. I think Melbourne might be on a slide this year. I can't. I can't see. Um, you know, if they don't get Peppenhausen back, I know they've got a young kid for far logo. That mm-hmm. is me. For me, he will get some time. He's got. He'll be the standout this year from a from a rookie's point of view. If he get does get time with Melbourne, um, but I think they'll be on a bit of a slide this year. And I think Sydney City with Brandon Smith will. I think they'll kick on. I think I don't look too much into their trials. You know what I mean? Um, they've got a mate. Joey Manu comes back. You add Brandon Smith to that um, hooking spot, and they're a different team. What's his fitness levels going to be like? How many minutes can he play? That's the, going to be the question for Trent Robinson and the Roosters. Double eight, double three, NRL. What do you have to say? Anything you want to know from Kempi? Uh, we're twenty three minutes away from eight. It's Izzy Dag live out of Millbrook after this. Yeah, it's seven forty two, and you could call any time on the Kennards higher phone line 0800-150-811 or send a text to temper bedpost text machine double eight double three. We're talking Ian Foster this morning and what transpired in the papers yesterday around uh, Dame Patsy Reddy coming out and saying in four or six weeks that we'll have a new coach and Ian Foster rebutting that saying, well, he's not going to put an application in. And, of course, to help us understand that a little bit better, we've got our mate, uh, New Zealand amateur open champion on the line. Uh, He's going to go and smash it up today. Izzy Dag, how is it, brother? (laughs) I'm good, boys. I'm up. I'm refreshed. Looking good. Caddy's got my club. Let's go and get a coffee. Go warm up, go to the range, and then tee off, boys. I'm ready to go. But if you want me to understand the NZR thing, wow, I don't think anyone can understand. They're the most confusing bunch of bugs I've ever met. But look, just, it's good to get some clarity. It's good to have some clarity. But look, I'm really disappointed with how it's all been handled. You know, they've come out, and I think it's uh, two to three months too late, really. But um, to put a line in the sand, you know, I guess, yeah, you, you do feel for Foz. Obviously, he's been, as an player and employee, you'd think that to be handled better and I hope he's just um, got some you know, wants to finish the, the job on, on a high note and, and the players will no doubt go out there and play for him. As he just, uh, look, I just want to get your thoughts on, on this one. When when they've come out and said, right, you know, again, a reaction a reaction as opposed to being proactive, they should, should have announced this months ago, like you said, but they've come out and said, mm-hmm. right, we've got four to six weeks and we're going to have a new coach. Do you think yep. the modern day NZR should have it shouldn't be an application process and thrown up to the out to the open? You go, you get any Tom Dick or Harry. Should do you think they should actually know who the coach is and just appoint him? Oh, for sure, they should know that. But I, I, I get a sense of a feeling that they do know who they want for the job, but. 
they've got to make it amicable for everyone and people that can come from from all parts of the world because you never know, you know, you never know that old um, someone over in France or someone over in Italy is thinking about the job. So unless you put that opportunity out there, um, you, you don't know. But I guess they've got a sense who they really want. And they've had a two, and let's be honest, Jamie Joseph and, and Scotty Robinson. So, um, yeah, look, I just think the handling has, has been very poor. Um, a lot of people in the NZR have got so much to answer for. And just, yeah, like, you just don't know. Like, there's always been a unity in that, in that group. And I feel like there's this huge separation at the moment. And when you've got separation, you've got anxiety and you've got no trust. So it's going to take a long time to build that. And I guess if you get a new coach, that'll go a long way. Fresh start. Daggy, do you reckon there'll be a lot of freedom in this group? heading into the World Cup now, like, you look at the guys that are departing, the senior players, it's kind of the end of an era, and mm. now you have Ian Foster, who knows that he's gone, that, you know, the burden's been lifted. I'm sure today there's a spring in his step. He can just go out there. They, these guys can just go out there and do a job. Does that make them dangerous? It does make them dangerous, for sure. Look, they, a lot of those players have been in, in, you know, with Foster since he started his tenure. So, they want to, they, want to, they, they love him, they've always come out and and hit his back. So I guess yeah, that they are they are a desperate side. But I guess there's got to be a bit of unity there, and it's got to come to come together and connect. Um, it's not all just going to happen. You can't all go over there and be individuals. They've got to go over there with the right game plan. Um, they showed signs and glimpses towards the end of autumn last year. But um, yeah, look, it won't be hard to find any edge, knowing how their their boss has been handled and uh, what's going on in the background. So. Um, yeah, they are a dangerous side. Watch the space, boys. It'll be a big couple of weeks. Unless we get injuries, then, oh. Then we can't control that, really. So. Looking if... forward to it. Oh, she's got a cold down here. That's <laughs> Don't worry, mate. Don't worry. You'll, you'll warm up chasing that ball around the course. Hey, what are you expecting from, uh, I guess, Fozzie now that, you know, he's, he's, it's been made clear what's going to happen in the future? Is he to phone all the senior players? Is he to have a group meeting? Are they to reset and refocus? What What's your expectations? You know, I don't expect them to front foot. I think the conversations have already been had. Um, can't be like, you have to. There's a lot of whispering going on in the background, so there'll be a lot of unknown. And and so you have to front foot it. He'll be all over it, and, and the management group will be all over it. They'll want to finish on a high, and they'll want to really show it back in New Zealand rugby's face. Let's be honest, if they get the job done, then they'll just be laughing straight to it. And I, I want to know what Fozzie wants to do in the future. He's going to continue coaching. Like, I've, I've been coached by Fozzie, and he's my assistant coach. And honestly, mate, couldn't speak any higher of him. He was such a clever coach. Um, he's, you know, his innovation in the back line was, was very good. Um, it's just his head, head coaching record is, hasn't been tough. I don't blame that on him, mate. The assistants that he started with were, were not the ideal um, mix for him. And the mix is slowly getting there. But, yeah, it's... Uh, it's an interesting, boys, one trip going forward out of the future. We'll see what it holds for Foz. Daggy, who's in your group? Who who are you going to be eyeballing at the tee box? <laughs> well, I've got my pro is Josh Armstrong. Apparently, he's a big hitter. I've never met him. I haven't met him. I'll meet him on the tee block. But apparently, he's a big hitter. But he can go like Daggy. He can go 65. He can shoot 85. So, it could be a good day or a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> mate, and, and tell us, mate, the, Z, the ZG23s, what do they feel like? Oh, they're so comfy, lads. Honestly, I feel horrible because I'm probably better dressed than a lot of these pros. I've got new shoes, new pants, new polo, new hat, <laughs> new gloves, new drivers, and I'm going to go out there and spray it. But that's all right. I'm going to have fun. 
Hey, you feel a little bit like the NZR because I'll have a new coach soon. We'll find out in four to six weeks, Daddy. <laughs> hey, thanks a lot for joining us this morning. You go, you go out there, mate, and you remember what, what we said. You know that little pep talk. You're going out there to win, son. All right, you're going out yeah, there. Yeah, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to go out there and, and do my best, lads. Thanks so much for holding it down, and I hope you run out there doing okay. And yeah, wish me luck. But if I spray it. Just, just leave me alone. I don't want to hear it, all right? Thank yeah, we'll spray you. <laughs> just, you spray it, no. we'll spray you. We won't. We won't. We won't. Just take that flag stick on the 18th and ride it like Pungo. Thanks, Izzy. I, I, I promise you that. I promise you that. If there's a birdie on 18, I'll ride it like a horse. I'm pretty tired about this. I'm Somebody, somebody go to 18th and please get their phones out. We need to see this. Right, there you go. There's Daggy. And uh, we've got so many messages steaming in here, Kempi. Let's shoot off real quick, come back, and let's try to get to them all because everybody wants their say on this really big topic this morning. Uh, we'll wade through these after this. On Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, we're 11 away from 8. Five away from eight, Kempi, and it's been the topic of a generation, really. With regards to the Fozzie situation, 100% too little too late from NZR, but let's park this and give Fozzie and the ABs 90, that 98 bulls like last dance, says Cam. Yeah, it's very good. I, lo- I like this one. Hey, Izzy, and I know you're listening. This is from your brother-in-law, Zigzag Dag. <laughs> That's from Brad. A bold move from NZR, the good, uh, but a good one. Fozzie can now focus on the World Cup like he wanted, or NZR looks at its future. If we have learned anything, it's that we need to innovate and bring in some fresh thinking. Fozzie is what's left of Shag and choose arrogance from 2007-2019 when the world caught up and passed the ABs. That's from JJ. Mm, JJ, it's a good point. I can't believe, I can't help but think NZR have got exactly what they wanted. Once Foster came out and stated that they should wait to the World Cup, it told them if they act now, they can force his hand as they probably didn't want him to reapply, even though I struggle to believe Robinson, Mark, is that smart. Well, they probably just wouldn't have re they just wouldn't have hired him, right? I mean, do you think that they would have what? Do you think New Zealand rugby didn't want him to reapply, Kempi? Would that have mattered to them? No. Uh... <sighs> I'm, I, I can't answer that one, um, Louis. I think I think this is a, a remnant of what happened last year, and the yeah. trust was lost, and and everything from there has been reactionary. And I think I, I just think you know now that it's out in the open, I do feel sorry for Fozzie. He's he was on a he was on a, a on a losing horse, um, but he played a he played a really good card, and he got them to actually tell him that. So um, this one here from. Tim, I don't think Fozzie has been treated well, but also NZR should have asked him last year. That's my point. You know, to be yeah. fair, Ian Foster saying he will not be applying for the job is like me declaring that I'm making myself unavailable for the All Blacks this year. It was never going to happen. You know what I mean? So I, I, th- I think I think he, he just jumped on the front foot. Yeah, and Tim, I think it helps with the mental gymnastics of it all for him and for the team. They can now just have a clean cut and move on, and I think that's really important. Uh, bold move from NZR, but a good one. Fozzie can now refocus on the World Cup like he wanted while NZR looks at the future. If we've learnt anything, that's what we need to innovate and bring in some fish thinking. Fozzie is what left of Shag and choose arrogance from 2017-19 when the World caught up and passed the ABs. Okay, JJ. Uh, and Paddy. Dagger, surely this is six, four to six weeks time frame is just a big plan to derail our Crusaders. Looking at the look, disastrous start last week, it's working. I like the conspiracy theory, Paddy. Graham's in Christchurch. Graham, quickly, what do you make of it all? Uh, yeah, good. <laughs> quite, quite funny what Paddy said. Yeah, um, I sort of have a, yeah, no, I hope he's wrong, but uh, yeah, don't, it was a bit like that last Friday, I must say. But um, yeah, I, I think with 
yeah, the whole thing is a, is a shambles, but I think that um, they have to... I agree with what Kieran Reid said a couple of days ago. Um, time for... You know, I think they have to make a decision before the World Cup. Now, a lot of people aren't going to like it, but, um, you yeah, know, hopefully raises the coach, you know, if, you know, there's any semblance of, um, you know, rightful thinking there. But, you know, I think he highly likely is going to be. But, um, yeah, that's just the way I see it. Yeah, I know. it's Yeah, it, it, it is tough on the all-black management, but I just think that, you know, they have to just get on with it. And then um, the other, everyone else knows what they're doing next year. Fair enough, Graham. Appreciate your call. On 0800 the Kennard's Hire phone line is always there for you. Kimpy, I don't know if we can read this, so I'll um, censor it. The no D-heads policy obviously doesn't extend to the NZR head office. Yeah, look, I, I just think the professional the professional amateur game is well and truly alive in New Zealand sport at the moment. It's not just, it's not just the NZR. Uh, I feel sorry there's probably some professionalism or understanding of professional athletes and, and what the coaches are going through down there. But there's obviously not enough. And I think uh, Ian Foster and his advisors have, have called their, their bluff and brought that, that um, to the forefront. Uh, and the, at the detriment of his own uh, job, one can say, but I think it's a, a really good move for Fozzie because now, like you said, Louis, earlier this morning, he can wake up with a, with a, with a uh, jump in his step and get on with a job, which is at hand is going up the front and winning that World Cup this year. Beautiful stuff, Kimpy. Uh, that's Ian Foster done and dusted for this morning. We've got Carl Budge coming up at about 20 to 9. We've got Posty Ennis, Craig Ennis coming up shortly for more than an athlete. And Cam says, absolutely different feeling about this Warriors team, especially if the Oracle is saying it is. Might not have the stock in the halves hooker, but all we need is Warriors hope and a bit of ticker. We're making the eight, and Kimpy, you'll be calling them tomorrow night with Sammy Hewitt. Cannot wait as the Warriors start their 2023 campaign live. One New Zealand Warriors, of course, yeah, on SCNZ. Here's Aroha the news for Kubota, together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. Aotearoa, you're listening to Izzy and Kepi for breakfast. It's 8.04 and it is now time for this. Caring for our communities, out of the gym and off the park, working just as hard paying it forward to our next generation. This is More Than an Athlete with Izzy and Kempe. Brought to you by Tremaine Real Estate, bringing people and property together in our communities. A couple of weeks on from the heart of Cyclone Gabrielle, and for a lot of people, it'll only be now where the realization extent of the damage caused is starting to sink in. Earlier in the week, more rain tormented the East Coast and set cleanup efforts back a respite is desperately needed for these affected areas. How yep, sad that is. The amazing thing that has come from the devastation, though, 
is watching so many great New Zealanders rally around each other and stand up for their communities. It's been great watching it all across the country. Mm -hmm. I spent some time out there myself, Louis, yesterday out at Murawai and had a look at uh, the devastation firsthand back on the hills that actually came down. um, And, yes, yesterday was also the funeral of good friend of ours. How are they doing, Kippy? Craig, I know. Like, it's really hard. Um, You know, when you – you hear about it, Louis. So this was a realisation for me on, on Friday last week. You hear about it. You're talking to your friends that actually lost everything and walked out yeah. with just their shorts and the shirts on their back. Um, and they've got to start again. And you'd actually – it doesn't sink in until you're standing there and they actually look at you and look you in the eye and say, I've actually got nothing, mate. I've, I've, I've walked out and I've lost absolutely everything. Um, and – and for me, it was really, a really defining moment on Friday, and have been out there every day since, uh, just giving what I can to uh, a lot of people that I know out there that have, are really starting off, um, and and picking up their their pieces in their life life again. And of course, it's happened all over New Zealand. You know, we we think we've got it bad up here. Oh, the east coast is, even this week, the flooding again, the amount of rain, the 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 water levels, the um, that just keep on rising and putting people back week in, week out. It's just devastating. Um, and we've seen so many people get behind it. We've talked to Michael Jones of Fisa uh, Tunui out West Auckland when that was the first big flood that hit Auckland. Uh, I know a number of good people that have been around the country putting together um, funds and, and and putting gear, you know, food. We've got Dave Latelli taking... Um, uh, Truckloads of food over to the East Coast. A good mate of mine down in Taranaki Hall of Fame, a softballer, Jared Martin, is another one that just went out and got a van and uh, and filled that up and took that over to uh, the East Coast. You know, you've just got all these people that you sit at home thinking, what can I do? Um, and, yes, we're trying to just get Craig up on the line at the moment, um, talk to Posty. He's over, he's over there in the... East, uh, East Coast at the moment. He's on the line with us now, and he's he's seen firsthand what it's like over there in the Hawks Bay. Posty, good morning, mate. How are you this morning? Hey, Kempi. I'm well, mate. How you doing? Oh, good, mate. Hey, um, just going on a little bit. You know, I've talked about just what's happened up here out at Murawai, the little community that I'm a part of. Um, but firsthand, mate, like I've seen some of the stuff that you and Belinda are down at Hawks Bay. What what has it been like? Yeah, well, I think you kind of summed, summed it. I'll just listen to you then and, and, and kind of the same, you know, like um, it, it, it's hard to over-exaggerate, you know, the devastation um, that this cyclone caused a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, to infrastructure, to, to, to property and, and to people's lives. And, um, you know, just, just kind of being there to see it firsthand is, um, it's certainly been a, a humbling experience, you know. Um, and it's going to take a long time. You know, and, and I, I guess, you know, one, one of the reasons why you, you want to talk about this stuff is because, you know, with with news cycles the way they are and the things that are going on in the world, it's, it's kind of here today and gone tomorrow. And, you know, we just can't afford to let this just kind of go away and people forget because, you know, it's all in all our interest to get these get these people, you know, that have that have been so affected back on their feet and, you um, and, and you know, back into it as, as quickly as possible because it, it affects us all. You know, whether it's paying what through taxes or you know prices in supermarkets and, and everything else. So you know, the more we can do to help, the better.
So, so just tell us a little bit about that post, you know, like the, the East Cape and the, the devastation that's happened down there. We're talking agriculture. We're talking, you know, people being um, moved on from their homes. We really haven't seen that ripple effect take effect yet um, in my eyes. So just tell us a little bit about that, that devastation, especially to agriculture. You talk about food, for instance. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I guess the main centres, um, you know, in Hawks, Hawks Bay, Napier, Hastings, have, you know, um, you know, apart from some some isolated areas that are, you know, close to waterways, we're, we're pretty much unaffected apart from, you know, the old first world problems of losing electricity and, and phone coverage. But, you know, once you start to kind of get outside those areas and, and, and into the into the horticultural areas, um, you know, farmland, um, you know, I mean, mate, seriously, going into some of these places, uh, more like going, like you'd think a tsunami had been through, you know, or, or a nuclear bomb had gone off. I mean, it's just complete devastation um, and dying vines and, and trees and, and um, you know, walking into some of these homes, um, you know, to try and help get rid of the silt and everything. And you just sit there and you just go, where the hell do you start, you know? Mm. Um so, so it's yeah, it's just it's just been crazy, mate. It, it really has, and uh, you know, a, a real eye What's it been like, post? You know, you're walking around down there. You go, where do I start? And you see all these people uh, with post. Uh, as he was saying, that a builder just showed up at his dad's place down in Pukitapu and said, right, yep. I, I I don't know what to do, but I just thought I'd come in here and tell you where to start and start pulling jib off his walls. What, what's it like? What are, what are people doing down there? Yeah, well, it's exactly that, mate. So, you know, there's, I mean, we're talking about hundreds of people, you know, hundreds who, you know, just haven't been prepared to sit around and, and, and watch and, 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 and have been mobilised, you know, and, you know, whether it's through Facebook pages or, you know, like, for instance, in, in, in our case, you know, we've, I, I go to a gym down there um, um, that's run by Justin Wilson, who, who uh, played a lot of rugby for, well, played super rugby, a lot of sevens and, you know, for the Bay, and uh, so he runs a functional kind of uh, uh, gym down there that makes F45 look like one of your walks around a big park, mate. But, um, <laughs> you know, so through, through the, through the you know, different organisations, everything, just getting people out there, you know, loading up the boot with shovels and, you know, whatever, they get, put the gun boots on, get out there and just doing whatever it is, you know, that people need. And uh, in a lot of cases, it's just that. Getting out, getting rid of salt out of houses, getting rid of the jib, um, you know, scraping salt back off um, apple trees, just you know, to give them a half a chance to survive, and you know, um, and and mate, these hundreds and hundreds of people out there doing it, you know, just doing whatever they can, and it's and it's 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 been an amazing thing to see. And you know, you're living down there now, post. It's awesome that you're getting in right in behind your community down there. What your life obviously goes on. What about? Uh, I know you're a babysitter as well. You're a player agent. Uh, how's that all going in between um, helping people out down in the Hawks Bay? Yeah, mate. Well, we've all got day jobs, of course. And uh, so you know, I'm actually in Auckland today, mate. I'm I'm heading back down uh, later on today, but. Yeah, look, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, life, life goes on, and and you know we've all got bills to pay, and and again, you know, it's it's really just kind of helping to get people back on their feet, um, and, and so they're they're doing the same, you know, and um, you know, as you mentioned, mate, like you know, with your mates out at Murawai, it's 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 an it's, it's such a humbling thing to see, um, you know, people doing whatever they can, but you know, if you can imagine everything you own just being piled out onto the road all sodden and 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 gone 
and you're sitting there and you've just got absolutely nothing left, um, mate, you just, you know, th those people need help. And, you know, if you can't kind of pick up a, a shovel or whatever to help, well, you know, people that can afford to put their hand in their pocket, you know, and, and contribute that way, that's what's needed more than anything else. It's cash, you know, uh, into those mm. areas to, to, to help out. And, and that's what people can do. Hey, Craig, awesome to have you on the show, mate. It's Louis here. Hey, I, I just listening to you speak then, and, and it just like the ongoing support is going to be the big thing as well, right? Like we have to keep coming back in a month, two months, six months, a year, years and years. And it just made me, I was wondering, with your line of work, it's a bit of a layman's question, but how much support does a player agent give a player in their personal life? And is it different client to client? And are you... Because I noticed Kempi did say babysitter tongue in cheek, but are you are you quite involved with your clients? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's it's um you know it's it's day to day issues. It's it's buying property. You know, um, it's yeah, well wealth. You know, how how I guess helping the, helping the guys and their families to to kind of come through a, a playing career with something to show more than a couple of rugby jerseys up on the wall. You know, I mean, if they can come out the other end. And you know they've they've got some some rental properties or they've you know they've got a house that's paid off or half paid off what you know whatever that level might be that they've been lucky enough to aspire to, um, you know that's that's our job really it's it's kind of helping them navigate that so they can they can get out there and play play the best footy they can and 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 not have to worry about some of these other things so so yeah it's pretty in depth mate it's certainly not just kind of you know signing off on contracts and uh, yeah and, and taking a, taking a cut you know it's it's certainly a lot more than that. Hey, Post, just uh, t touching back on that last bit where you said you pick up a shovel or if you put your hand in your pocket, what what are you tell telling people? Where can they where can they go to support? Is there like a, a page or um, any any type of? Uh... Yeah, actually, Kimpy, I um, so I sent through details for uh, for the uh, mural fund, uh, relief fund um, yesterday. So that that's that should be hopefully on your website now. So. Um, so yeah, you know, there's 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 plenty, but that's that's a good one. So if, you know, if people are listening and, and they and they want to con, um, contribute, well, uh, I, I think if you went to your webpage, hopefully, or on your social media, I think uh, they were going to uh, maybe put some some details to where um, where people can contribute. Hey, post. We'll do that. We'll put that up on our uh, our pages, our socials, and stuff like that, and we'll give it a, we'll give it plenty of push. Uh, just to, before we let you go, there the Ian Foster scenario that happened yesterday. Uh, you're expecting, um, I guess, the, anyone to come out of the. I know they're talking Joe Smith, Tony Brown, uh, Jamie Joseph, or, or Scotty Robertson. You 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 know been in that um, realm. Are you thinking of anyone else as name that we sh we should be thinking about as well? Uh, no, I don't think so, mate. I think it's probably, you know, somewhere in that group. Um, it's, it's probably the most likely where it's, where it's going to come from. So, um, yeah, it's been an interesting process, hasn't it? Um, it has. So, you know, <laughs> see what happens over the next couple of weeks, I guess. Yeah. Interesting is a, yeah, I think that's a very, um, savvy word to use from your, where you sit post. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, um, mate, thanks for joining us on Izzy and Kippy for breakfast this morning. Great to see you in your overalls and with that shovel down there in the Hawks Bay helping whānau get back in the, to what's left of the devastation down there post. And, and uh, yep, you're, uh, you're putting that mahi where it's really needed. And we just send all of our love out to everyone down there in the Hawks Bay who's uh, been affected through the last couple of months' weather. Um, go well, mate, and we'll talk soon. Awesome. Cheers, Kippy. See you, mate.
There you go, Craig Innes, ex-All Black. Um, great teammate of mine at Leeds, played up there in the UK and, of course, won a grand final with Manly. Uh, now a player agent uh, with the, the one Bruce Sherrick for um, a business called Esportif, looking after a number of All Blacks and rugby league players, actually. So um, Wasman, got his right? finger on they, the post. Did they, those boys, they sold to Wasman, did they? They did. They sold to Wasman, and um, they're still working in there, helping them through that transition. Uh, him and Belinda built, built a home down at the Hawke's Bay. That's where he's going to spend, the, I guess, the, the, the latter part of his fine wine life. Um, like he is like a fine wine post um, as he get, gets older. I'll tell you what, from a footballing perspective, one of the best players I've ever played with. Yeah, like why is that? Competitive, like just a competitor. He even played against. I remember him calling my name out all the time. So he was a bloke that was like had so much energy and would always talk. And I always yeah. remember on, when I was playing against him, he was always yelling my name out because I was the bloke with the ball in the hand the most, you see. And he's always saying, here he comes, this is him, he's coming down here, watch the short side, blah, 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 like this. And then when I played with him, he's like, so good to have beside you. Ah, awesome. You know, and and uh, yeah, went very close to making the Kiwis. Um, was actually in a test series with us in Palmerston, I remember, me and him room together. And uh, he, he actually didn't get the cap, but should have played for New Zealand. 100%. Should be a dual international? Should be. It should have been a dual international. Um, we had some very good centres come through at that time, as you know. And I think yep. Posty was, you know, would have easily... Johnny Schuster was the same. You know, they should yep. have been dual, dual, uh, dual international as well. Oh, he's done a lot and he's he's doing a lot in his post-paying careers. He is the definition of more than an athlete, Craig Innes, 100%. Uh, good to hear him down there on the ground in Hawke's Bay as well. Brought to you by Tremaine Real Estate, bringing people and property together in our communities. Uh, we love their support for more than an athlete. And Kempi, after this, we're finishing it. The NRL draft. Three teams Come to on. go. So yesterday, Mark, Cam, Aaron, John, Lammy, Brad joined Team Izzy. You have Sean, Troy, Brent, and Pac-Man and Mike on your team at the moment. You've got two more people. We're going to be calling people right now that texted yesterday to be part of the NRL draft. Joe's going to be working the phones hard. We're working Joe hard today. We've got some selections to make. Kempe, you've got two. Team Izzy have one. Let's finish this NRL draft and see who finishes the most regular season points. Prizes up for the winners. Here with Kempe's Warehouse. Great savings every day. 25 minutes past eight, Kempe, and we need to finish this. We started it yesterday, and we always finish what we start here in Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. It is our NRL draft. We did this with NPC. We loved it so much. We're doing it, but we're including people, and we're going to build teams. Team Izzy, Team Kempe. You pick. We're going to draft each of the NRL sides, and the team, the side, Izzy or Kempe, that finishes with the most regular season points are going to win. So you're in the hands of Izzy and Kempe, but also your teammates. Team Izzy currently has Mark, Cam, Aaron, John, Lammy, Brad. They've got the Roosters, Cowboys, Panthers, Raiders, Warriors, Dragons. Team Kempe currently has Sean, Troy, Brenton, Pac-Man and Mike. You've got the South. What a team. Eels, Storm, Sharks, Broncos, Bulldogs, and you've got your sixth member of your team on the line now, Kimpy. Yep, that's right. I've got Harley Taylor, who's joined the dream team. Harley, how are you feeling, brother? Yeah, not too bad. Sounds like a pretty good team so far. Yeah, mate. Well, there's four teams left to pick, and you know the ones that I don't want. You've got Newcastle, Titans, Tigers, and the Wooden Spooners, the Dolphins. So who are you going to choose today? Uh, let's go Titans. Nice. Fighting out for the That's... eight the last couple of years. 
better be their year. It better be their year. Well done, Harley. Thanks a lot. Welcome on board, mate. Oh, so good. Okay. Titans, that is strong. That is strong. Well, we've got another member of Team Izzy on the line. Of course he is. It's Brett from Huntley. G'day, Brett. Come on, Uncle. Oh, I'm, I'm sure Izzy don't want me on his team. I should me. Who do you want? Did you just say the Dolphins? <laughs> None of that. Never let me play anything again. <laughs> okay. Knights, Tigers, or someone who was the last team. They're so bad I can't think of them. Dolphins. Oh, what? I thought Who the you... Tigers just went. Or oh, was that the Titans that just went? Titans. Titans. I, 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 I will pick Israel's West Tigers for him. <laughs> he will be very happy with that. He will be. And, uh, now, now he can't have a crack at me if he, if he shoots uh, no. 92 off the stick today. <laughs> <laughs> at least it's on 100. Brett, thank you. You're rounding out Team Izzy. Tigers go to Izzy. And Kimpy, oh, this had to be. It had to it be. Had to, it had to be my good man, Ed, who knows rugby league like the back of his hand, and he's only got two teams to pick, Ed, out of Newcastle and the <laughs> Dolphins. Who are you going to oh, pick? <laughs> got to be the Knights, bro. The Knights. Yeah, damn, my team, the Knights. That's right. Isn't that funny? Yep. Oh. Isn't that funny, Ed? On those two, on those two last teams... Brett, your cousin, he's picked Izzy's team, the West Tigers, and you've got to pick my team, Newcastle. How good? Oh, because Newcastle's going to beat the Warriors, bro. Oh, don't say <laughs> that. Don't say that. Whoa. Come on. You're getting it's the, the, hey, Ed, it's called the because the Warriors is an Izzy's game. Uh, Ed, it's called the Kempi Bowl. Yeah. What should Kempi be putting up as a prize for the whoever wins the Warriors' Knights game this weekend? A big feat. Oh, you're on. I'll take you on, Ed. I'll take the Warriors. You got the Knights. <laughs> you're not supposed to take the Warriors. That's Israel team. <laughs> That's oh, so true. Good. It is. Okay, bang. It's done, Kempi. Now you've got the full teams here. You've just finished off with Harley and Ed. You've got the Titans and the Knights. Izzy's finished off with the Tigers. Whose team do you like? Oh, I like the Dream Team. Not the Dreamers? Not the Dreamers. Whose team do you like? Double eight, double three, text it in. Who's going to win? And just so that you know, we'll put it up too. Uncle's dream, Uncle's dream team is his Dreamers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get that on Instagram. We'll get that on Twitter. We'll get it everywhere. I'll start typing now. We'll try and get a fancy graphic made. I don't know who we'll get to do that. Um, we'll, we'll start putting it together. Izzy. Manly, Mark, Roosters, Cam, Cowboys, Aaron, Panthers, John, Raiders, Lammy, Warriors, Brad, Dragons, Brett, Tigers. That is Team Izzy with Kempe. He's got the South. Sean took the Eels. Troy took the Storm. Brenton took the Sharks. Pac-Man took the Bronx. Mike took the Bulldogs. We had Harley taking the Titans and Ed with the Knights. It's pretty even. That's a crazy. That's a crazy selection of the Dream Team. Honestly, I can't see any holes in that. That defensive line is solid. Solid. Oh, no points coming are, through there. You're fired up, Kimpy. I love it. Paulie Whitey on the other side. We've got Carl Budge for the end of the hour as well. Here is Aroha with the news for Kubota, together with shaping and building New Zealand.
We're 27 minutes away from 9 o'clock this morning. We've got plenty going on in the world of sport. Uh, Mark says, Kempe, just remember the Souths have struggled against the Tigers in the last couple of years. Mark, woohoo, getting a little bit nervy. <laughs> Tigers are coming for you, Team Kempe. Not a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> Doing by 50. Okay, Kimberly says I wrote down the start of the draft yesterday, and now I think I'll go Kimpy. It's now I was. It's now on the fridge. Get on you, Kimberly. <laughs> Keep it on the fridge. Mark it off each week. I like that. Gull is fueling your mission all year round. Pop into your local some good value fuel. Visit gull.nz. A couple of headlines, Joe. Hello, yes, Louis. Uh, FA Cup actions on right now. Southampton and Grimsby Town are, are tied at seventeen all. And I had a clip for this, but I'll just quickly tell you, John Fury has called out Jake Paul and he insists that Jake Paul honour his side bets on their fight and give all his earnings to Tom Fury. Jake Paul is yet to respond, boys. Seriously, though, is Jake Paul not going to pay his bet? Like, he's the one who who offered the bet. Yeah, well, he hasn't said anything. And, in fact, he was... um, Talking about how he made like millions and millions of dollars from the fight and was laughing about it, and he didn't care that he'd lost. So, who knows? It doesn't sound like it. Grub, 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 what a grub, Kimby. Yeah, like honestly, I I actually watched that press conference where Jake Paul said, "Look, um, let's put it all on the line." And Tommy Fury didn't want to put it on the line. It was John Fury that yelled out and went, yeah, okay, it's on the line. He said, my boy, sorry, mate, I'm in charge of your money. And then he's gone out and he's won. Like, pay up. You're dead yeah. right. That's, it is it's, a, that's a grubby tactic, not paying. It's, it's grubby, Paul. Not even tab.co.nz would get away with that. <laughs> that's right, Louis. Oh, boy, oh, boy, and it. We might be paying out a few tickets this week here because they cannot get enough of Sharp and Smart in the derby. Runs <laughs> and now a seventy. <laughs> we, they <laughs> cannot get enough of the uh, champion. So, yes, Sharp and Smart, um, since that final field market has been open, what, since yesterday afternoon, uh, it, it just it's one-way traffic. It's all about Sharp and Smart. Are so, you going to boost it to if, two bucks, Paulie? Yeah, they will. They have to. I've had a ch- I'll have a chat with the bookies, see what we can do. I know they're going to have uh, boosted odds on, I think, every race uh, at that Tarapa, that New Zealand derby uh, meeting on Saturday. So keep your eyes open. The bookies are working hard on that. But, uh, of course, it's the start of the NRL season tonight uh, where we head to, what is it, Combank Stadium where the Parramatta Eels host the Melbourne Storm, and although the Melbourne Storm are slight favourites at $1.70, Parramatta Eels are $2.11. We've taken, and the money sort of uh, reflects that as well in that head-to-head market. We've taken slightly more uh, action on the Storm than we had the Eels, but Craig Bellamy doesn't lose in round one. But you know who does, Paulie? You know who stops them? You know who who stops them? them, And you know who's got them? The Dreamers. (laughs) As he's got Stop them it. in the dreamers' way. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll see who's got the stronger force then, Craig Bellamy or Izzy Dag. Um, anyway, 
I just I've just having a look at down the markets and the boys have put together a number of power plays that you can get stuck into. They've got a boosted odds market as well. Mike Acevo or Xavier Coates to be the first try uh, try scorer. That's boosted from four fifty out to five dollars. Mike Acevo loves Combank Stadium. He just scores tries for fun there. So that's um that's a pretty good boosted market. It has been well received by punters as well. I just have a look at the anytime try scorer market and, and I don't mind the look of a former warrior, Eliasa Katoa, at four dollars and thirty three cents to Ooh. score a try any time during that match. But we've seen players go to the Melbourne Storm, sort of they're not quite journeymen, but and they turn into superstars once they put on that Melbourne Storm jersey. Now, I thought Katoa was a very, very good player at the Warriors. Mm. Um I think we could see him have a huge season here. And I love the fact that he'll be running out wide off either Jerome Hughes or Cameron Munster. And they'll just open up gaps for, uh, gaps for him. And if there's one thing we know, he knows how the, the weight of the try line. So I thought Elias Akato at 4.33 to score a try at any time was definitely worth a go in tonight's big match up there at Combat Stadium. Beautiful, boys. Love it, Paulie. Hey, very quick snap poll. Could Izzy Dag ride sharp, sharp and smart and he still wins the derby? Yes or no? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, give us two oh, bucks boy. then. Give us two bucks I then. <laughs> I, think, I think if he was paying two bucks, I might have a bit to find out. Paul Mwari, uh, gamble responsibly, r18tb.co.nz. Carl Budge. The head of the event for Sale GP down here in Christchurch, uh, he's coming up after this to let us know where their event is at after that wild weekend in Sydney. Rightio. It was 17 away from nine. We're wrapping it up this morning, and there uh, were more than just a few nervous people in Sydney a couple of weeks ago when I was over there for the Sale GP because it looked like the fleet was about to be obliterated by a Sydney windstorm. The Canadian boat was being craned out of the water, and we've all seen the pictures. Carl Budge, in particular, I reckon, would have been holding his breath because the Christchurch event is just two weeks away. And whilst the tech side it was being blown to pieces, anyone would be forgiven for thinking that that Christchurch, the Littleton event, might not go ahead. But here we are, and it is going ahead. And they've been able to pull the fleet together to get it to Christchurch to race and only just over two weeks. It's a massive result for the whole GP um, organisation heading into San Francisco, but also for the people that have worked so hard to get Christchurch off the ground. Carl Budge is the COO, and he is head of the New Zealand, New Zealand event. And Carl, morning to you. I reckon you would have been um, extremely relieved when you got the green light that you guys were good to go in a couple of weeks. Yeah, mate, you're not wrong, is he? It's, uh, it, it's been... Uh, an interesting couple of weeks, but uh, yeah, look, we're we're so stoked that uh, that we're able to focus on on delivering an event now. There's been so much work going to uh, bringing Christchurch to, to life uh, over the next couple of weeks, and um, yeah, to, to see all of the people that have yeah, bought tickets to come along and, and watch you is certainly something um, we're, we're stoked we can deliver. Uh, morning budgets, Kempi mate, and, and just on the ticket sales, how's it going? Is there still some tickets punters can can get their hands on? No, no, we, we are sold out. We um, we sold out within 24 hours. It's been quite staggering for us. So, um, yeah, we, we're absolutely delighted at the response we've had. It's, it's awesome to see how many people want to get out and, and, and watch Sale GP. Uh, we are just going through if there's any, um, any tickets we can release back into the market. So uh, keep an eye out on our socials and the like. There, there may be a sprinkling of tickets we're able to release. But, uh, yeah, um, the, the response is pretty awesome in the, that first 24-hour period. Carl Louis here, mate. I'm, I'm wondering how tedious and, and, and how 
kind of touch and go was it when you guys were counting your bits and pieces trying to work out whether this event could go ahead? Like, how close can you tell us was it with the, you know, was there a period where you genuinely didn't know? Oh, look, I, I think yeah, you had to go through the diagnosis, really, of, of, of what the damage was. Uh, it, it became evident reasonably quickly that we, we thought we could get a number of boats on, on the start line. Um, that sort of seemed to firm up quite quickly on that Sunday and started looking more positive. So, um, yeah, we, we, we've got to a point where we're, we're really confident that we will have um, eight F-50s out on the water for the IT New Zealand Trail Grand Prix. And, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're hopeful and, and, and pretty positive that we might have a night which would give us the full fleet as well. Hey, Budgie, we're pretty pumped to get down there and uh, be a part of the event. As you know, ECNZ, they'll be calling it. Uh, and I can't wait. I've been following you guys, watching the Ferraris on water. It's been absolutely outstanding. How how pumped are, are, the, are the Kiwi boys and girls um, about getting home and racing in New Zealand? Yeah, it was funny talking to a couple of the guys in Australia yesterday um, and, and them all almost acknowledging that um, that we're the team to beat. I was like, that, that, that's odd coming from someone that's on the, on the top of the table. So, um, yeah, look, we're, we're in a good run of form and yeah, to be able to come back home to New Zealand and, and, and finally race here. We, we obviously had the cancellation due to COVID uh, last year. So to, to get the opportunity to finally come and show what's you know, described as the fastest growing sports league in the world to our home fans. Um, yeah, the, the, the team's absolutely frothing at that opportunity. And, and likewise, it's a, it's a cool opportunity as, you know, as an event guy that you know, your, your friends, your family, the, the market you want to show off, I guess, the most. Um, you know, that we're able to get this opportunity in just a couple of weeks' time. I could not believe the scale of it, seeing it first up in Sydney, KB. I, I really couldn't. I, I couldn't believe... Um, I was on Shark Island for the Saturday. I could not believe the turnout. I could not believe the scale of it, the professionalism. It was kind of unlike anything we'd seen, or I'd seen. Um, now, have you been pleasantly surprised or not surprised at all by the engagement you've had commercially as well as from the public about having sale GP in Aotearoa? You know, it's been awesome. The, 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 the run of growth, I guess, we've had has just been uh, quite humbling and quite incredible to see. I mean, we're, we, we just are expanding at such a rate to, to set a new broadcast audience, a, a record audience in the US for a sailing audience three of, of any kind, in any style of sailing. We've set a new record each of the last three events, and uh, so it just, I guess, goes to show the growth that um, that the league is, is is enjoying at the moment. Um, locally here, it's been amazing to have guys like ITM come out and get right behind both the the, the event as the naming right sponsor for the event, but also supporting the New Zealand team. You know, iconic brands like like Rod and Gun that um, yeah that means so much to, to to Kiwis to go take that message to the world around their growth. Has, has been incredible, and, and our major sponsor, the New Zealand team, just to see again how other brands are bringing it through. You know, for Alvira, I jump into their offices down at um, the bottom of Queen Street there, and you know, almost every time I'm in there, half a dozen of their, their staff are wearing our branded polos, and you know, it's just been awesome to see the pride of these guys wanting to get involved. And I guess when you're, you're operating at that that cross section of, of sustainability and high performance sport entertainment economy. I guess that's um, it's, it's a pretty easy journey for people to get pretty pumped about and, and, and want to hop in behind. Budgie, well, it's all about winning, and uh, the Aussies are out in front by oh, just a, a little bit, but you've got a really tight um, second, third, and fourth New Zealand, France, and, and GBR. What, what are the boys feeling? Like they, they come over here, it's important to get the win and, and, uh, and round this out? Yeah, look, I, I think for us, it's, it's just getting to that final three. 
Um, so LGP is an interesting league in that it ultimately all comes down to the final race. And, um, it, yeah, everyone starts equal uh, in that final race. You've just got to get, earn your right to get there. So the top three teams throughout the course of the season go into a winner-takes-all final race. So whether you're the Australian team that's got a pretty clear lead out the front or um, a, a team that sneaks into third on the final race of, uh, of the season, um, any of those teams, they, they ultimately start equal going into this final race. So, yeah, look, I, I, I think we're, we're well positioned. We've got to get a good result here in New Zealand to, to solidify our second position. But, um, yeah, the track record of the guys when they get to a final is pretty daunting. We've, we've, we've won four of the events that we've got to the final and uh, we've never lost Australia in a final. Um, and so, yeah, look, I, I imagine there's a couple of uh, other teams going. I'm, I'm a bit nervous of those Kiwis, just not, not, not fair with them lurking in the background. And it'll be so good when they can get back in their own uh, boat as well. Amakura, that'll be a, a massive a massive step forward, and I know we are waiting to hear the latest on that. So we'll keep our eyes peeled across SCNZ for all the latest news. Carl, really appreciate your time, mate. We um, we can't wait to be down there with you out of Littleton. It's going to be epic, and we'll catch up real soon. Sounds good, boys. Swing well today, Izzy. Yeah, he, he needs yeah. to. <laughs> he, he does. He does indeed. The Global Sale GP Championship is coming to Christchurch. Go to salegp.com forward slash watch. Sale GP. And Smithy is not far away. And we'll round it out with the doyen of all sports, Kempi. Uh, after this, Ian Smith, not far away. And uh, we'll also read you these NRL drafted teams again just for those that want to get involved and want to make sure that they can follow along because the dream team, Team Kempe, well, I can see the big smirk on his face. I think he's feeling pretty confident. So we'll let you know exactly what's going on before he hoes into a couple of Wahlburgers. We'll be back at nine away from nine. <laughs>